0: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, our show is about identity theft, and you know, we've talked about that many times on this show, and, and I myself have been not only a victim, but one who's helped thousands of victims myself, but today we're going to talk about it in a slightly different manner, and we are going to speak with the author of this new book called Identity Theft Discovering the Real You, and this is by DeMonica Gladney, and she's an attorney. Let me tell you a little bit about her before she joins us all the way from Texas. DeMonica Gladney is an attorney, and she began her legal career as a briefing attorney for the 14th Court of Appeals in Houston, Texas. And she's now counsel for ExxonMobil Corporation, where she's practiced for over 16 years. DeMonica previously served as the pro bono coordinator for ExxonMobil and on the executive board of the Houston Volunteer Lawyers Program. She's a life fellow of the Texas Bar Foundation and a former chair of the board of the Houston Lawyers Foundation. Now, in addition to her successful legal career, She is also a writer, an accomplished writer as a matter of fact, and a poet and an inspirational speaker. She is the author of her previous book, Willing to Wait, From Revelation to Manifestation, Reflections from God, and then then she also has her new release that we're talking about, which is Identity Theft, Discovering the Real You. Her book, Willing to Wait, by the way, was ranked number seven on the B-C-N-N-1 National Independent Publishers. Now, there's a lot more about her, but I want to get going to talk to her. But you can learn more at authordemonicagladney.com. Thank you, DeMonica, for joining us all the way from Texas. Hi, it is such an honor. Well, I, I know I had the opportunity of even reading this book before it was finally printed. And it was really a a treat. And now I have it right in front of me as well. And it's a a great book. So why don't you tell us, how is it that you came about to write this book? Well, Mari,
0: um, I had uh, a bad accident um, years ago. And I found myself struggling with uh, my identity. And what happened was, at that point, I began to ask myself, you know, sort of what's missing in my life, and then I found myself um, going back to this identity question. And so I came up with the title, Identity Theft, but didn't really have the full revelation of what I was going to talk about. And then later, my identity was actually stolen, where someone stole my credit and, and money, and I found myself fighting to get my identity back. And that's when I got the revelation about writing the book.
1: Isn't that interesting? You kind of foresaw that somewhere. Like, I know I'm supposed to talk about identity, and then your identity is stolen. Yes. Oh, goodness. So um, tell us a little bit about the book. You know, what can people expect when reading the book? Now, I read it, but I want you to tell people. Go ahead. Well, I think it's really a book. I use my
0: natural identity theft to give some insight into how we're affected from a spiritual perspective when our identity is stolen. So I think anyone who's uh searching to find who they are and, and ways or uh to actually recover their stolen identity whether it's from a natural or spiritual perspective, I think it would be a great resource to get them thinking about that self inventory on the natural and the spiritual side.
1: You know, Demonica, when I read this book, now this happened many years after I became a victim, but I remember Which I shared with you before that when I became a victim myself, I said to myself, gee, you know, who am I really? Right. Right. Because if somebody else is parading as me and parading as an attorney and running around saying that she's me, you know, can she really take the essence of me, my soul, my my?" my God-given person, right? You know, right. can you really do it? And and so when I read your book, I kind of said, wow, I, I remember how, feeling how DeMonica felt. Like, who am I really? W- what is the real identity? No one can steal. I mean, they could steal your name. They could steal your social security number. They could even steal your money or your house or whatever. But they really can't steal who you are. And I think that's one of the things that I really related to in your book. So let's talk a little bit about how your identity was stolen. How did you find that out and and what what all happened?
0: Yes, I was actually uh, about to refinance my house, and uh, the finance company told me I needed to check my credit. And I thought to myself, I said, well, I haven't made any major purchases, but I'll check it. And when I checked my credit, there were over $10,000 in uh, new credit card accounts that had been opened in my name and with my Social Security number. So I was at a point, it was so traumatic, I was devastated, and I had no idea what I needed to do to try to recover my stolen identity.
1: Right. And didn't you even find out that somebody had already purchased a home in your name? Well,
0: I didn't find that out initially um, after I dealt with all the credit card situations, I later, when I thought I was at a point where I had resolved the identity theft, is when I got a letter in the mail saying they were going to foreclose on my house in another
1: state. Oh, goodness. Yep. Yep. Now, you're an attorney like me, and so you'd already been practicing for a while. So it's pretty shocking when it happens to you and someone especially who's, you know, so well versed in the law. So what how long did it take you to to clean up the mess?
0: Wow. it. I would say it probably took three years yep. to really resolve it. When you talk about all the time you have to keep monitoring your credit, and that's what, so even when I got everything off my credit report, because this other person was using my Social Security number, all of their information from their credit report was on mine. Right. So it was just a constant, bet I'd say probably three years to really resolve everything related to the credit piece of it anyway.
1: Right. How about the house? When you found out about the foreclosure on a house that you didn't own, but was in your name, what, what did you end up doing? Cause that I've dealt with that. That's a, not, I didn't personally have that done, but, but I've had other clients who've had that. Well, how did you get that resolved? Well, it was, now that was
0: devastating. And that took probably about two years, another additional two years to resolve that. And I actually had to, get in touch with another lawyer in that particular state. Right. And we end up having to do a um sort of deed transfer that noted that I was a victim of identity theft. And the challenge with that is that the mortgage company that was about to do the foreclosure kept telling me that they went over to the house in that particular state and the guard at the gate said that I live there. Right. So they didn't believe me either. <laughs> and I said, Look, I'm an attorney I have uh, certain standards I have to meet. I, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth here, and I'm not going to sign anything without it acknowledging I was a victim of identity theft.
1: Right. So, so the it, person it was, was the tricky. person was still using your name that was living there. Yes. Yeah. So did they? What What ended up happening? So did did that person get prosecuted for identity theft? Or I mean, they got. I mean, you had this problem with the title insurance. You had uh, the mortgage broker. I mean, was this kind of a often these kinds of things are a conspiracy, you know? Right. So did you ever find out if it was a conspiracy that everybody just kind of played this game along and and was able to get title insurance so the person could buy it? Did you ever find out that much?
0: Yes, I did find out there were two mortgage companies involved. And so I talked to the fraud investigator of the second mortgage company and she kind of helped me through the process. And what we discovered was, Everyone in, that uh, worked for the mar- first mortgage company, all of the phone numbers, all of the names were people who were non-existent. Right. So it was an inside job. Yep. And, yeah, the second mortgage company didn't know what was going on, but they said it was very common for this type of thing to happen. But, yeah, they had documentation in the file that I had lived there my entire life. They had uh, verification of my employment and all of that in this other state.
1: So, so they verified you as employed in that other state doing yes. what? What did they have you down as? I don't even, well, you know what? They did have me down as an attorney as well. Right, but over there yeah. in that other state.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was just such, such a traumatic experience, and I'm trying to prove from a distance right, um, that this was not me, because this was
1: actually in uh, Nevada is where the house was. I was like, I've never even been there. Exactly. Exactly. So the person who was living in the house was was that house sublet to somebody else like rented or was the was the real identity thief still living there? Well,
0: from what I found out, because I tried to get the police to go over and investigate, of course, they would they wouldn't do it because they said I would have to come in person. But um, the the fraud negotiator or investigator, she actually went over and had somebody to go and, um, you know, try to knock on the door. But at that point, they had moved out of the house. Right. And they had basically trashed it, and and there was nothing in the house. Right. So I guess once they knew someone was on to them, they got out very quickly. Yes. So I never got to prosecute anyone and never figured out Mm -hmm. who'd actually used uh, my Social Security
1: number. right. Right. So that's that we see that a lot of times, unfortunately, and and sometimes what they'll do is they'll get the house and then they'll sublet to some innocent person who really is has nothing to do with the perpetrator. Exactly. And so that that's another thing I've seen. Yeah. So you really had it. Now, did they try and so they were basically saying they were an attorney, which could have come back to really get you if if they tried to practice law in your name which which the person who stole my identity also was pretending to be an attorney wow so we you know we could be disbarred for that exactly so it's uh if it can happen to demonica and it can happen to me it can happen to you as the listener that's for sure so you know in terms of how you went through this kind of inner process you know um how did this process help you to understand, really, the the what was going on with your spiritual identity?
0: Yeah, well, you know, when I found out about the natural identity theft, I was devastated to the point where I didn't even want to leave the house. Yes, and I thought to myself, you know, I've had good credit all my life, and you know, I was just traumatized. I felt like I had been beaten and robbed. Yes. And didn't know it, you know. And so when I, I thought about how I was tenacious. I didn't know what to do even as a lawyer to try to resolve the situation, but I knew I had to do something. Right. So I, I got onto, you know, like the FTC website and that's how I found out about you and um all the great things you had done in this area and I once I got your books and I was able to use that as a resource, and then I got to the point that I said to myself, Well, you know what, I wondered when I felt that um, something was wrong spiritually and my identity had been lost, why didn't I have that same tenacity that I did when it impacted my credit and my uh, finances?
1: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> so, So what did you do? I mean, you know, I mean, I remember that feeling because especially for you, De Monica, you never were able to find out who did this to you and then you always wonder about this dark shadow when are they going to you know rear their their evil head again you know what i mean right i know exactly you know, what you yeah, mean. yeah i know you do and and you don't know and until i found out who my imposter was which i was able to get the police together was in california so i was able to you know you and i are both tenacious and i and i went and went crazy about this till we found out who it was but it wasn't anybody I knew at all. I mean, she had just worked in a law office and, and saw my name in the legal newspaper and then stole my identity along with other people. So, you know, it, it, until you find out who's doing it to you, it's understandable that you were afraid to go out of the house. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know where they are.
0: Exactly.
1: So it is, it is definitely a crime and it's insidious because you never met the person who did this crime to you.
0: Right. It's a virtual crime, and that's what the, the the challenge is in trying to address the situation.
1: Right. So as you went through this, and, and I, I also kind of went through that whole spiritual thing, like not not saying like, why me, like complaining, but, but more like, why me? What am I supposed to do with this? You know, what right. is this all about? Right? Right. Yeah, because you start to say, well, everything in life happens for a reason, Right. So if everything happens for a reason, why is demonica being, you know, why is her, her identity stolen? And, and what does that all mean? And, and that's what I kind of went through. I said, so what am I supposed to do with this? You know, asking spirit to tell me, what am I supposed to do with this? So, why is it important that you understand your spiritual identity? What, you know, for those people who have been victims of identity theft, and, and I'm not just talking about credit card fraud, because that's aggravating, but it's not like what you and I have gone through. Right. So exactly. so why, why is it so important that people understand this and, and they'll get a lot of this from your book?
0: Yeah, I think from a spiritual perspective, it's so important that you know who you are, Because a lot of times we get so caught up in what we do. You know, I'm an attorney, I'm an author, and our identity becomes tied to what we do instead of who we are on the inside. And I think once you tap into who you are on the inside and from a spiritual perspective, you understand what your purpose is, and it really guides how you live your
1: life. Exactly. And so many of us do just say, okay, well, when people say, who are you? You know, well, I'm an attorney, or I'm this, or I'm that, I'm an author, I'm all these things. But that really isn't what you take with you when you leave this planet. You know, when you leave this earth, you you know, you're not going to take all those accolades with you. You're just going to take who you are, the essence of really your soul and take that with you. And I think that was kind of the revelation I had when I was a victim of identity theft because it was so weird when I was able to get all the documents and, and I saw my name being signed you know, to buy a car, you know, to, yes, you I know, yeah, to, you know, uh, checks that were written in my name and that business cards that she made up with my name. It was just really, you know, it was like the Twilight Zone. Right. Unbelievable. Unless you've been through it, you really
0: don't know how traumatic it really is.
1: Right. So as you went through this kind of spiritual waking of like who I am, which, which I can really relate because I did the same thing. Um, what you kind of defined it a little bit differently. You define the natural or the, or the material identity theft from the spiritual identity theft. Yes. So, so you also seem to think that you were, your spiritual identity was stolen too. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? What is spiritual identity theft?
0: Well, I define it as when your identity is tied to to something other than, who you are in Christ in terms of your faith. Yes. And so for me, after I had that accident, I told you I had years ago. Right. I had been struggling with my identity and had some insecurities and, and things that I didn't even realize I had not really resolved. Uh So you go on, you go to law school. And to be, to be honest, after the accident, I lost my uh, memory and my voice. Wow. And I'm saying to myself, yes, as a, attorney, what are the two things that you need to be an effective attorney, your mouth and your, you, and you your, know, your memory exactly. and your brain. Exactly. So yeah, I saw those things as something that I considered to be my weakness. And because I was able to identify that, I believe that the Lord was able to use those things that I considered to be my weakness and to get me on the path and then going in the direction that he wanted me to go. And so those little things from my past, what well, I say in the book I talk about, it's like having a puzzle with missing pieces. Yes. And so from a spiritual perspective, you need to go back and get those missing pieces so that you can
1: be whole and fully understand who you are in relation to your faith. Exactly. When we go through a crisis in life, whether it was your accident or the identity theft, which was kind of really a a a unique thing for you to happen to you when when that happened to you that made you stop and think okay this is this crisis really is an opportunity for me to grow for me to understand who I am
0: exactly
1: yeah we are speaking with a wonderful attorney and, and she's become my friend and that is DeMonica Gladney who wrote this wonderful book called Identity Theft Discovering the Real You and I think that So many people that that I deal with, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of identity theft victims, whereas, you know, you're you're in the corporate arena doing your contracts and all those things for Exxon. But I end up hearing people like you all the time, like you and me, because I'm I consider that we're all in this same uh, boat and and the and the terrible, terrible things that people go through. But I've learned to ask the question, look, what is it that you can learn from this? well, how is it that you can grow from this? You are going to be even more empowered. And if you're, if you do have strong faith, then you're going to know that God is going to lead you in the right direction. And, right. and that's the, I think a lot of the, the message that you were talking about. Yes. So how, how is it that you, um, I, I how do you find time to write? I mean, I, that's something now for me, cause I've written several books and, I just wonder how is it that with your busy schedule and I know my busy schedule, you know, how is it that you find time to write and and what what is your next project?
0: Yeah, I actually people ask me that question all the time, Marie, and I say, "Well, I don't have time, I actually have to make time. I have to put a few more hours in the, in each day. So I normally write uh in the evenings or on the weekends." And so, because it's my passion, and and like you said, I think I grew from that experience. So you want to help other people. So I think it's easy to, to to sort of do that. And after you leave work, you know, you're kind of tired. But once you start doing something that you're passionate about, it's it's like it's it's just fun. I enjoy doing it. So uh, for so. you, it's
1: kind of R and R. It's it's rest yes. and relaxation and and growth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so right. what kind of poetry do you write?
0: I write inspirational poetry. Uh, I have the book you mentioned earlier, Reflections from God, which is reflections on four areas, life, love, faith, and mothers. Mm-hmm. And I think those are four areas that impact everyone. And what I wanted to focus on in that book is that we have to see things through the right lenses. Our perspective can change our situation, even though the situation itself may not change. And so that's how I write my poetry. It's from a spiritual perspective, so it's usually based on uh, some biblical principle. And I kind of take that, and it's an easier way for people to digest the
1: message. Right. So as you, you know, you have one of your chapters is in this book, the Ident- identity theft, discovering the real you. You have this. This one chapter called the 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 search to find you, right? And you know, one of the things that I I thought of as I was reading your book and thinking about the search to find me, is that it seems like I'm always changing and evolving. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. real who is the real me? The real me doesn't even know the real me from maybe ten years ago. Do you know right. what I mean? Exactly. And I think that search to find the real you is is probably something that is constantly changing. I agree. And and that's the part. So how do you stay in touch with discovering the real you as you evolve? And, you know, as we get older, we, we change as well. Right. I think because one thing
0: for me, when issues and crises would come up, a lot of the times I didn't really deal with it at that time. And I think that's when you start kind of losing who you are. But in order to be true to yourself, I think when things come up, things that upset you, make you angry, that you deal with them right then. And I think you sort of stay in tune to, to who you really are and true to yourself when you do that.
1: Right. Right. I noticed in your book, and I want to just say it again, The Identity Theft, Discovering the Real You, I, one of the things I liked about this book is for someone who is going through this process, or or even if they're not going through the process, but they feel like they want to discover who they are, you have a lot of great questions to ask yourself. Yes. Which make you think, you know, and if, you, if you're willing to, to really answer those questions for yourself, that is, you know, helpful too. So as you go through... The, the material identity theft, at the same time, you, you need to do this parallel thinking like, okay, what does this all mean to me? What what do I need to change so that I am not a victim? And, you know, the the one thing I noticed about your book and you is that you also may be victimized, but you are not a victim. Exactly. And I can can thank you for giving me me, me that revelation,
0: (laughs) Mark, your book from uh, From uh, from victim to victor. Victor. Yes. And I thought to my and that's when I got the revelation. I said, wait a minute, because I did have a victim mentality when it was over, because like you say, you just sort of in a daze and don't really know how to move forward. And then I had to tell myself, wait a minute, I'm no longer the victim. I am the victor here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And when any and I think that the the whole message, even though you're talking about identity theft here, I think your whole message is, you know, you can be empowered. And and for you and for me, it's it's a spiritual thing for us that we can be empowered. It's not us. It's it's the father within that does it or the mother, mother, father, God that within us that helps us to overcome this. And we're not alone. We don't have to do this alone. We can really tap into that spiritual part of us that can help us to get through it. And I think that is a wonderful message of your book. Well, thank you so much. So what's the next book? We're we're just about out of time. What's the next book on your mind? Well, I have the title of another book. It's
0: called Get in the Flow. I'll be working on that as my next project. Um, I also have another poetry book that I'm planning to release, um, Reflections from God, Part 2, for Mother's Day.
1: Oh. And
0: then also I have another project I'm working on. Um, a lot of people talk to ask me about how do you go about publishing a book? And so I'm doing a little sort of the ABCs on uh, publishing. Oh, great. Kind of give people a little
1: primer that they can use to get started. Sounds good to me. Yes. All right so if you have if you want to leave us with just maybe one thing that you would like to suggest to people if they if they're going through or they've been through some kind of crisis or identity theft, what is just one thing that you would like to tell them before we finalize here? I will want to encourage them that they will make it through the process exactly. And we thank you so much, and we will tell people to go to your website, so why don't you just give your website again? DeMonica? Okay, it's www.authordemonicadgladney.com. All right, and we will keep in touch with you, and I I look forward to seeing your other books, too, you know, for our other show, Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Maybe we could uh, get together on that, too. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much, Mari. Okay, DeMonica, you stay well and be okay, good. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to Privacy Piracy. Also, go to our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy where you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts and you can write us what's important to you about privacy in the information age. Stay private.